Hey church, thanks for joining us today for a special episode all about dating. Uh, Nate and Christina Holdridge, along with our good friend Tate Brown, are answering your questions when it comes to building relationships in a dating environment. We're talking today about questions like, what do you look for in a future spouse? How do you make decisions about online dating? And what are some best practices for getting to know someone? So if that's you, if you have those questions in this podcast, man, it is directed right towards you. We are so excited to get into this conversation, so let's jump into it right now. Well, hey, church. My name is Tate Brown, and I have in the studio with me today Pastor Nate and his wife, Christina Holdridge. Uh, I've been serving alongside them at Calvary for the last six years, and um, welcome, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Tate. Thanks. Great to be here. Yep, glad to be here. So a few weeks ago, we recorded a two-part podcast episode answering your guys' questions about marriage based off of Pastor Nate's current series uh, out of 1 Peter. Um, and today, we're going to be answering some questions people sent in about dating. And we're talking about dating because after Pastor Nate taught about marriage, he did a teaching out of 1 Peter about exiled dating. So that's been a few weeks ago. So Pastor Nate, can you just remind us a little bit, give us the Cliff Notes version of that teaching? I like how you stress that. You really <laughs> want the Cliff Notes version. Don't take 20 minutes. Don't read, tell us the sermon. Yeah, so going through First Peter together, First uh, Peter 3, 1 through 7, you know, it's in a broader section where Peter's telling the church that it's good for us to be submissive to the authorities that are in our lives, citizens to government, um, and servants to masters, and then even wives to husbands. There's obviously a lot of nuance in there, and uh, Christian uh, ethicists have been parsing out, you know, the applications for that in lots of different ways over the, you know, centuries. But uh, when we came to this section about husbands and wives, I thought that it would be nice to pause after finishing that two-week study and go back and think about 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7, what Paul or what Peter said to husbands and wives, and try to mine it for some dating principles, uh, things that would help people who are in the single time of life and who would like to be married. And mm -hmm. so they're saying, I want to do this well, I want to do this uh, the way that the Lord wants me to do it, and is there any wisdom there for us? Obviously, Peter wasn't writing to us saying, this is how someone in the 21st century should conduct a dating relationship. Mm -hmm. But there's some truth there that is just timeless and really applicable for us today. And the three big things that I tried to hold out were, number one, you need to date someone that you can follow or date someone you can lead. So follow if you're the woman, because in the passage, Peter explains that the wife is called to follow her husband's lead. He uses mm -hmm. the word submit or to be in subjection to. And so you want to pick a winner <laughs> if you're going to be in right. that kind of role in, uh, in marriage. You want to be dating someone that you have that level of respect for. They could be a good leader mm -hmm. uh, in your life. And then if you're a man, then you want to find someone that you feel like, I think I could lead them. I think that, you know, I could, I could be that that uh, role in a marriage potentially obviously you don't know you got to you know figure it out but 
there are some non-starter elements that you can kind of just say, no, I'm not going to do it. And then the second thing was uh, you want to look for lasting attractiveness. You know, Peter talked to especially the women, but I think it has application across sex and gender uh, about not letting your adornment be, as the New King James says, merely outward. Mm -hmm. Uh, The idea being that there is an inner attractiveness, a character that God values, that God appreciates, that God loves, Mm -hmm. that we should be cultivating. And the reality is that that's what makes a marriage go really well. Not the way somebody looks, but who somebody actually is. Mm -hmm. So in the dating realm and world, especially in a time where so much of dating is based off of, you know, apps or whatever, where you're, you know, judging from afar, whether you're attracted to somebody initially by how they look. Uh, We need to, as Christians, be looking for lasting attractiveness. So the outward appearance will inevitably fade, um, except for my beautiful wife. She (laughs) just gets more and more beautiful as the years go by. But the outward appearance fades, but the inner character, the inner beauty, that can increase over time. And then the third thing that I talked about was finding a Jesus person um, because all through the passage, you're dealing with somebody who knows how to submit, knows how to lead, knows how to listen, knows how to honor God, knows how to be obedient to the Lord. So you're looking for a devoted Jesus follower. And I think that's a big mistake a lot of people make is that they don't look for someone who's about Christ, about the gospel, about Jesus, where he's the Lord of their lives. But that's clearly who Peter's describing. So I tried to set kind of a high bar for Um, you know, what to look for in that stage of life. And then I concluded the message with just some practical application, you know, just, um, you know, ways to enter into a dating relationship, ways to exit a dating relationship, uh, ways to try to do this in healthy, uh, a healthy manner in, in the church. So that's the synopsis. Of course, anybody listening to this can go back and listen to the whole message uh, if they'd like to. But yeah, that was the the cliff notes thank you <laughs> yeah i highly recommend um you guys go back and listen to that teaching from first peter if you scroll down you can find it or go to nate's website or calvin monterey's website um so with all that being said let's get into some of these questions i thought a good first place to start would be with this question where do you meet single people where can you meet single people mm. i think this was coming from someone who's probably in our church and most likely, we're not going out to bars. You know, we're not going out dancing, especially here in Monterey. That's just, can't even do that here. So <laughs> there's not very many options. So they're probably like, where do I even meet single people? Um, so do you guys have any answers for that one? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, my first reading of that question, I was cracking up because I'm like, where, where, where do I meet single people? <laughs> I don't. I'm not really like lo- looking for that. I mean, I meet them all the time. I meet them all you know? the time. Yeah, yeah. I meet them all the time. <laughs> um, but I get, I get the question. You know, yeah. you're, you're just kind of. I think as a Christian, it's hard. It's right. a challenge. I mm-hmm. think that should be acknowledged, right? You know, mm-hmm. there's some difficulty attached to all of this. You know, where do I find other single people? And I don't know that we're like the best ringing endorsement for like how to do this. I tried to talk for a little bit about online relationships or online dating in the course of my sermon, because that's going to be a route that statistically speaking, a lot of people pursue Mm -hmm. as a way to try to meet uh, people that are, you know, interested in the possibility of being married someday. 
Um, and I tried to give some best practices for that briefly in my message. And I've written actually a longer article about that in the past, just different things to be looking for to kind of help you filter. For me, it's about filtering an online person's legitimacy of their Christianity. Mm -hmm. There's just certain things you got to do. You can't just be satisfied with they check the box that says uh, Christian. Um, but so a lot of people, it'll be online. I think for me, you know, one of the answers that I would give would just be through um, involvement in your local church fellowship. And what I mean by that is not, I know there's churches out there who have like designated singles ministries, and I'm not here to knock those or endorse those or anything like that. They can be really great. They could be really unhealthy. They could be a lot of different things, just like anything else in the church. But what I've noticed is that people who are in that, in any stage of life, but including the single time of life, who do not get involved in their church. In other words, they don't serve. They're not part of any smaller group. They just have a loose affiliation mm -hmm. with a Sunday gathering. It's really hard for those folks right? to meet other single people because it's just a cold turkey kind of experience. Like, yeah. well, they look single. They look <laughs> kind of cute. I'll just go talk to them. Right. Versus I'm serving in the youth ministry with other people that are kind of like my age then that leads to connections and friendships with other people that they know. Mm -hmm. Then there's life groups that they're part of that I get invited into. And pretty soon I start knowing other people who are in the same, you know, stage or station of life. So I think that's one thing that I would say at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know that we have a lot more to say about where to meet singles. It's like, um, what was I going to say? Um, but that church is a great place, but you can't just come to church and expect that, like, if you're single, there's going to be an automatic, like, v visible, like, line of options of single people. Um, yeah. Not that church is the only place. Right. But I don't know. There's if you're looking, yeah, that, like, helps narrow the, like, maybe the validity of somebody's faith. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you're meeting them at church, it's not a guarantee by any means, but yeah. So if we're talking about at church, but I think both of us would also say that this question has embedded within it a little bit of like, um, I, you know, obviously could be asked very innocently and I'm sure that it was, but this question can be asked with a little bit of like lack of faith. That's what I was just about to say. In yeah. The Lord. Because you could be living out in the middle of nowhere, yep. yeah. going to a church where you are by far the youngest person, you're in that stage of life, or you're, you're, everyone else is married, you're older, you're a divorcee, you're, and you're single, but everyone else is married. Like You could be in that kind of situation. God can still get the job done mm -hmm. if that's what he wants to do. Absolutely. And so really trusting the Lord. I know most, both, both of us, you know, when we were in our early years before we met each other and eventually started dating and got married, both of us felt like Monterey where we live is just like, well, we're probably not going to meet anybody here, <laughs> you know, but that didn't mean that we stopped going to church or we stopped being yeah. engaged. That's, we weren't showing up because of that. We weren't coming to church because of the possibility of no, meeting right. yeah, that totally. special someone. That's not what the goal was. <laughs> special someone. <laughs> 
Do you like that? <laughs> but <laughs> we ended up meeting Peter, right. you know, right. in the church, but that just wasn't the mission. So it's kind of about, it's like a check of the heart. Yeah. I think. And I'm sure you've got wisdom about just trusting the Lord. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking of all my friends that didn't get married because we got married, you know, younger, not super young, but younger, younger, but all my friends who, um, didn't get married till later in life. Like I have a friend who was, I think she was 39 when she got married and we were great friends in high school and all after, um, you know, it wasn't, she did lots of online dating and this is just like her story, but I know lots of people like that. She did a lots of online dating. She was so involved in her church, but at the end of the day, it was like, she went on the mission field. She was serving in Africa and, mm -hmm. and, and the Lord brought her, her husband in that way. And it was like, um, she just couldn't make that relationship happen. She couldn't bring her own husband about even, you know, it wasn't wrong for her to try any of those things to get on online dating. And of course it was a great idea to be super involved in a church, but at the end of the day, the Lord had a story for her and a will for her and a plan for her future. And that wasn't how he did it. So we're just right. not in control of those things as much as, yeah, yeah. as much as we want to be sometimes, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I mean, trust in the Lord with <clears throat> all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path, yeah. your yeah. steps. You know, he'll take care of your life, just really trusting him. And I think, um, you know, and I mentioned this at the outset of the sermon, redeeming the time of life that you are single. It might be your whole life. You don't sure. know that. But redeeming that, not making the the purpose and the thrust like I gotta I gotta get married. And yeah. obviously that's a pain that a lot of people deal with. Statistically speaking, you know, in the church there's many more women who are pursuing Jesus and mm -hmm. trying to be a disciple than there are young men that are pursuing Jesus and trying to be a disciple. So it just creates a disparity that I think we have to acknowledge at yeah. times that can be really disappointing. It can be a heartache kind of thing, but the pain that comes from compromise, I think far outweighs the pain that comes from having that feeling of void that you have to continue to turn to the Lord to satisfy and fulfill mm -hmm. That's a very real pain that should be acknowledged and not, not minimized, but there's a worse pain that I think comes with compromise. So, um, yeah. obviously this is not what the person is asking. They're asking <laughs> like, where are they? I want to find them. <laughs> um, but we're also saying, Hey, you know, trust the Lord too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think you can't be like everywhere you go thinking, is he here? Is he there? Is she here? Is it, you know, <laughs> yeah. you just can't have that mindset. You have to just live your life boldly and obediently to the Lord. And like you guys are saying, trust that in his perfect timing, he'll bring the person. Um, yeah. I want to really quick mention the article that Nate was referencing about the online dating. Because I do think, I think that is a common question of like, is it okay for me to mm -hmm. date online as a Christian? And I always said that, um, yeah, I have to believe and trust that God is online too. <laughs> so if I'm going to, if mm -hmm. I feel like that is part of being obedient to God, I can, 
have that clear conscience and be online and do it the right way. But the, uh, the article that Nate is referencing is the 21 questions to help you sift through mm. an online date or online dates. Um, and so you can search just dating and at nateholter.com and it will be the first article that pops up. So I highly encourage you. There's some great questions in there to ask when you start a conversation online with somebody to make mm. sure they're yeah. legitimately who they say they are because um, you can be anyone online. Yeah. yeah, And I'm totally, like I think we'd both say, it's a, it's a Romans 14 issue, yeah. whether you're going to pursue that or not. And by saying Romans 14 issue, what we mean by that is it's a gray area in scripture mm-hmm. that someone could have a personal conviction about not to do it or a personal conviction to have mm-hmm. a liberty to do it. Right. So we have to respect each other. You know, we all know people who have felt that liberty and who have, not felt that liberty and how to, mm-hmm. how to conviction, perhaps even a strong conviction. I can't go there. I can't do that. Mm. Yeah. But that's where it's got to stay. I think, I don't think we can build a biblical case for you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Just one more thing. I'm just thinking, um, in that single stage of life or single life, um, when you're thinking about like, where can I meet singles? You know, I think of course this person was probably, referring to like single people to date. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really good to, uh, in every, in every season of life, in every stage of life, like married or not married, single, but especially single to really invest in some deep relationships and friendships. Mm -hmm. I think it's super important for married people too. But that said in singleness, there's just something super, super crucial about being um, in a community, a small community, like a big church community, small church community, whatever, but like in a community of people, a group of people, maybe just two or three even, that like you are really known and you are knowing them. That um, That's just so essential, not only to like, I'm not saying like to survive singleness, but that is like what God intended. He intended relationship for us. He intended for that to be how we function and thrive in life is to be known. And um, I just think that's so important in singleness. And then sometimes without doing that with the intention of maybe, you know, meeting somebody, sometimes those things develop into like, oh, I have a friend who has a friend, like just being really known in a community and in a a group of people, I think, for the health of your single life, but also sometimes that provides opportunity to meet other single people that you might date, so... It provides opportunity for the setup, which I'm yeah. a huge fan of. Yeah. Setups Please, are set great. me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> JP, yeah. JP Pecluda talks about in the, in his book outdated of like the best chance you have of being set up on a good date is with people who really know you in your right. church. Right. And so get around other married couples, get around older couples that have maybe nephews or grandsons. Yeah. Like, like someone out of state never know. that you just yeah. didn't even you know. You never yeah. know. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. So the second question is, um, what do I do if, uh, men have never asked me out in person? Should I ask them out? So I'm assuming this was a girl who asked. And, uh, I think what she's getting at is, like, I don't see guys initiating conversation with me, starting that, mm-hmm. the first ask, you know, will you go on a date with me? I know Nate talked a lot about that in his sermon, um, but I think she's asking, like, is it okay if I ask a guy out? Is that, 
you know, again, going back to the biblical thing, there is no biblical dating. So, Mm -hmm. uh, or dating in the Bible, you know, there is Mm -hmm. biblical dating, but dating in the Bible, but what would you guys have to say to that? Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking from my perspective and what I think the word says, but maybe I should let you go first. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I say that, Oh, you want to go first, babe? (laughs) I really want to hear what you're going to say. I was just going to say, I think I know where you're going with this. What I I would say, I think it's a, it's a conviction that is word based, but I want to hear what you have. Yeah. I would just say, um, I would not recommend it. That's what I would say. I would not mm-hmm. recommend a girl asking a guy out. I cannot personally, and that's why I'm like, oh, maybe Nate should answer this question. I don't know that I would, again, build a case for, like, the Bible totally says that is not okay. Right. But I think if you're trying, if the goal of dating is to eventually meet someone that you want to spend the rest of your life married to, then as a woman, you're looking for someone who's willing to take risks for you. You're looking for someone who's going to be sacrificial for you. You're looking for someone who is going to initiate and lead in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And asking a girl out on a date is just a very small step toward that, but it's a Mm -hmm. little step toward evidence that like, Hey, this person's willing to like put himself out on the line, put himself on the line. This person's willing to be a little bit rejected or embarrassed just to ask me out. He doesn't know what I'm going to say. This person's willing to initiate with me and be the one to start, uh, to maybe not start an entire relationship by asking you out on a date, but he's the initiator of the relationship. And to me, I, I would just say that that is, was my preference and that that is what I would encourage women to do. So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, I think you're you're saying it's kind of like a best practices situation. And right. I think for both of us, <clears throat> we not only have seen that in the word, you know, you've got a husband who's called to be the leader within his home. So don't you want to set the foundation at the very beginning right. that the man is engaged in leadership in some capacity? And I think we've both seen this go in bad ways sure in in many instances where the woman has initiated and it either got ugly because she was basically talking this guy into it and trying to pull him along into a relationship Mm -hmm. he really wasn't like interested in or leading through or trying to be about or it just sets a tone for they even get married but it's just very clear the roles are kind of reversed Mm -hmm. and he is very passive and that creates all kinds of problems mm-hmm. within a marriage. So I think that's where we're coming from. And then I think we also have personal experience with this in our own relationship. You know, I started walking with the Lord when I was right. 18 years old. And Christian girls were, like, amazing to me. Because mm-hmm. I just hadn't had Christian friends when I was in high school and not walking with the Lord. And mm-hmm. it was, like, one of the things that I noticed, because I dated a handful of girls before Christina and I met, I... One of the things that I noticed about myself was that I was always emboldened when I knew how someone else felt about me. Mm. When they initiated in that way and they made it clear like, hey, I'm, I'm into you. And there were just the little you know, clues that we all do that you right. could get it across like, hey, if you pursue me, right. I, will, I, won't, I won't shut you down. 
I'll reciprocate. I found myself emboldened by that. And I got myself into a couple of relationships that weren't like, you know, ungodly or sinful or anything, but just like, uh, you know, I could have avoided that if I hadn't have been like emboldened, not by the Lord, not by, not through prayer, not through conviction, not mm -hmm. through, I think maybe God is doing this, but just like, well, she likes me and that's easy to enter into this, you know, kind of thing. And so I really prayed just personally, and this is my was my personal conviction around that time in my life. I just prayed and said, God, I just, I'm kind of tired of this. I, I need whoever I end up with, I need to have no clue how they feel about me mm. when, when you lay it on me that I need to investigate a relationship with them. Yeah. And so Christina and I, we had this friendship going and I, God really answered my prayer. And I think he did the same thing yeah. for you where we had no clue. I like, I legitimately thought when I invited it's her out to coffee, <laughs> yeah, she just can't believe it. But I seriously thought when I invited her out to coffee yeah. and we were becoming closest friends, I just thought like, all right, here it goes. The friendship's over. Our yeah. little friend group is over because now it's going to be weird because I'm going right. to tell her how I've been feeling about her. And I'm going to ask if she would would like to pursue a relationship with me and start dating a little bit yeah. to just see if this is something God is doing. I just thought 98% chance it's over tonight, mm -hmm. you know, but I was feeling it so strongly that I was like, I gotta, I gotta know. I don't, I, I'm the friendship thing isn't working for me anymore. Yeah. You know, I'd rather sacrifice that and have an answer. And so I was super surprised when she said, yeah, I've been feeling a real similar way, feeling the same way about you and well, let's go for it. You right. Know? So what do you feel like that did for you? So I think what it did for me is it helped me cultivate uh, leadership that mm -hmm. had nothing to do with, you know, you kind of emboldening me in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. It helped me say, no, this is what I think we need to do. This mm. is this is the direction I need to go. And I think it just set the right tone for our relationship together. Yeah, yeah. Now, all that said, the question is more technical than that. Like it's right. almost like a can I? Yeah. You know, should I? I think we're answering the question, probably not. You know, yeah. wisdom and all of that, probably not. And I'll just take a second to speak to any solid Christian dude that's out there listening to this, like mm -hmm. become a man of action. You know, <laughs> I close this sermon by just saying like, take care of your business, be as godly as you can be progressing in righteousness, taking all the necessary steps to grow, mm -hmm. but don't wait till you're perfect. Cause that's not going to happen. And then look around and find the godliest young woman that, or, or woman that's in your like age bracket. That's a little qualifier there. <laughs> that's in your age bracket, the age bracket stage of life. <laughs> How do you define that? <laughs> and see if she'd be interested in going out to coffee and yeah. going on a little date with you. You don't have to make a big deal out of it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, you know, I said in the thing, yeah, you don't have to get a limo. You don't have to do this whole thing. And if she says no, just take a breath and realize that you, you survived, you survived yeah. that your life is not over. You're not humiliated. You don't have to leave the church. It's nothing like that. And then, you know, regroup and in a month or so ask again, somebody else, you yeah. know, and be a man of initiation and action. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Uh, so I really want to encourage the guys in that direction uh, because I think a lot of guys are just waiting for a, a woman to show her interest and then they're emboldened by that. So all that to say that for some people, that's just really everything I'm describing about myself and all that. That's just not the case for them. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that I'm able to say categorically, biblically, definitely a woman can't. Right. ever ask um, I could see there being a situation where a dude is just super godly but it's just a bucket of nerves and mm. a friendship is developed and it's just obvious there's something there and he just needs her to say something like you know I just want you to know I, I have feelings for you and if you would like to investigate that with me I'd be open to it you know mm. or something like that sure. just doing him a solid because of the construct that he has or something like that. But you just got to quickly put the ball in his court and make him the leader, you Mm -hmm. know, as quickly as possible. Right. I think that's probably wise scripturally. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about, I was thinking about this. I don't know if it's manipulative or not, (laughs) but I was thinking, and I think I did this when I was single, when there were guys that I was interested in that I knew but want like I I want to know more about them, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I want to know them better. I'm interested in them, but I don't. I'm not going to initiate with them. I would plan friend hangouts and invite them. Do you totally. know? Like, hey, this is a great yeah. way. Like in a bigger group of people where yeah. I'm not like initiating a solo date, but like, hey, let's let's all go on a hike. Hey, let's all meet up at such and such restaurant. Hey, let's all, you're probably like, oh, now I remember those times when she did that. <laughs> but um, there were other guys I did that for too. Yeah. Uh, before you. <laughs> no, just, just a saying. a lot of hikes I was getting invited. Yeah, no, just saying like, that might be a way to just like connect a little better, investigate, is this really a person that I yeah think is as good as he is you know like bringing it into a smaller setting I don't know that's that's a very like small option like maybe you're not friends maybe you don't have the same friends maybe that would be really obvious and awkward to invite them into a social situation right with other people but maybe not and I'm hey, just curious be... if you'd like to come over for Thanksgiving with my yeah. family <laughs> just meet exactly. everybody mom dad you yeah. know we'll just see how it Perfect. goes Perfect. <laughs> Great investigate. But it, it just might be one way if a girl's just like, Yeah, Man. totally. I think you have to, as with so many of these things, there's just that constant heart check, isn't right. there? You know, like, am I being manipulative? Am I doing this for the wrong motivations? Sure. But these are just normal, innocent things that yeah. people are going to do. You know, it's like, the, you know, part of what I was saying earlier about, like, I just felt like I needed to have no clue mm-hmm. what, you know, you thought about me. The reality is I I really think that was a divine blindness that God gave to me because as human beings, we're kind of like incapable of not communicating in some of those unspoken ways. You know, it's like there were guys that you put out the opposite vibe for, you know, just like I'm not I'm I'm not saying the word no, but I'm trying (laughs) to communicate. Yeah. No, this is not, don't, yeah. this, please don't, you know, kind of yeah. thing. And we just, that's just going to be a natural thing. Right, Sometimes right, we right, misread right. that about somebody else, but it's just a very yeah. natural yeah. kind of deal. So I think there are even ways that a woman just naturally is going to be communicating. You know, I'd be okay with it. But a lot of guys are pretty dense and don't know 
yeah. how to read those signs. So yeah. uh, sometimes a verbal thing is best. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was going to say too, as women, it's really important that we're gentle and kind. And like, if a guy takes the step to ask you out, a Christian guy in your church, you know, don't go around and like, if you say no, oh, sure. and like tell everybody, it was this guy, he asked me out and I can't believe, you know, just Right. Don't Aww. do that. Yeah. Don't be a gossiper. Don't tear guys down. I think he's your brother. Yeah, he's your Christ. brother in Christ. And you need to remember that and you need to treat him, treat them like that. For of course, sure. if they're overstepping their boundaries and and doing things like that, like you can bring that into the light and tell people. But um, I was reading one article about Christian dating. And, you know, so often sometimes I think as Christian women, we think, the flirting is being kind or nice to our Mm. brothers in Christ. And so we give off the opposite vibe of like, don't talk to me. Like we're kind of rude to them and kind of like disrespectful. And we don't want to give them the time of day because we don't want to be flirtatious or send the wrong signal. But I think it's good to, you know, don't be too far extreme in one or the other, but try to figure out how to navigate and just be a kind, loving friendly yes friendly yeah 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 some of that is just like a theological framework that a person needs to adopt because our culturals our cultural framework is to highly sexualize Mm -hmm. so many relationships you know it's like in our modern world people read about the closeness of david and jonathan in the old testament and it's they must have been gay Mm -hmm. but it's because we just d- have a harder time knowing how to just be in relationship with people where intimacy or sexuality isn't part of it. Right. Yeah. We're people made in God's image. We're so much more than that. And there's a way to have relationships that's better than that. I was talking to a guy the other day who, who just, he's like, man, it was kind of awkward. Like I just, there was this girl in the church and I just said hello to her and told her that she looked nice. You know, like look nice. And then someone else heard him and was like, oh, you're, you're into her, you know? And he's like, no, she's not even my age. I just thought like that would be a good compliment to give. I just was trying to be kind. Yeah. And yet so many people just don't understand that these days. Yeah. And it's delicate. Of course. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this one is coming from. Uh, a man and he says what is the best way to let a good great christian woman know you like her or ask her out we've been touching on this a little bit mm-hmm. or start a relationship and what not to do yeah the best way i mean there's that like airplane skyriding thing <laughs> oh. that you can do where you rent an airplane they yeah yep. yeah or you yeah. get like a banner <laughs> You know, I got asked to prom in like pr- some pretty spectacular ways. Oh, so yeah, wow. like scavenger hunts yeah, and yeah. hidden clues. No, <laughs> <laughs> poor person who's asking this. <laughs> we get where they're coming from. Yeah, with words. Yeah. yeah. I just like I just think like you just start small. I think that asking a girl out can feel so well. I don't know, but I imagine it just feels so daunting at times and intimidating especially depending on maybe your personality or the girl or how much you have been thinking about them and all that kind of, there's like there could be a lot of buildup in your mind and it's like it's 
it's just one date. (laughs) You, so like start small and just think like, definitely think for your future who you're asking out, but don't like, it doesn't have to be this like massive commitment you're making. So start small, ask a girl to a, for a cup of coffee and like, see how that goes. You know, don't Mm -hmm. ask if we can start a, an engagement towards marriage, you know, like start small, Would step by like step. Would you like to court me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I get your dad's phone number? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, a little too much. Like if you pare it down and you're just able to see it as like, uh, this is one coffee date, you know, mm-hmm. where we're doing some investigatory, is that even a word? Some yes. investigation on to like, how do we get along outside of our previous dynamic? I mean, it's just, yeah, start small. Yeah. yeah. And then if I were to say what not to do, because as a girl, I would say the first thing that comes to my mind is don't over spiritualize it. Like mm. to me, the worst and most awkward things come from like, hey, I've really been praying about you and I feel like the Lord has led me to like, it's just a date. <laughs> it's yeah. just coffee. Like maybe you have, and I hope you have like as the man, like been praying about this and trying to find the Lord's leadership. But sometimes that just puts so much pressure and like an uncomfortable tone to like just a coffee date. It almost f- makes a girl feel like, I don't know, like if she says no, she's, she's saying no to like your prayer requests. I don't right, know. Right. I'm not communicating it well, but I'm just saying don't over-spiritualize it. Do pray about it on your own, but maybe don't bring all of that up in a first date question kind of thing. Like, just like, hey, I like, I enjoy yeah. spending time with you. Can we it's, go out to it's coffee? It's shocking to me how many women I've known over the years who have literally had someone yeah, come to them and that's tell what I'm them, saying. God showed me that I'm suppo- you're supposed to marry me. Right. Like I heard those warnings about not being that guy. Right. And I never needed those warnings. Let's just say that clearly. That was was never a temptation for me. I thought that's dumb. Sure. But then over the years, I've known many women who said that actually happened to me. And it's a real awkward, obviously, experience. That's not how it's going to work. No, that's not like impressing them with your like spirituality or your walk with the Lord. At least it wouldn't me. Maybe you don't know enough to know that you're supposed to be married at that point. Totally. You know, you have to investigate the relationship for a while. So there's going to be that. The scripture is going to agree with you. You'll both be Christians. Mm -hmm. Then there's going to be her witness that she wants to and you want to, then there's going to be your spiritual leadership in your life who agrees. Then there's going to be going through a counseling program. I think that's best practices where you figure out what marriage even is and then decide that we want to do this. Your people, your community are going to be in agreement. Mm. There's going to be a lot that helps you unearth and discover this is the person for me. But yeah, don't start that way. I love what you're saying. Just keep it low profile and chill. Yeah. Yeah. Because dating is fairly new. I can't remember how old it is exactly, but totally. like it didn't start till the turn of the 20th yeah, century, I mean, basically. Yeah, if we could, <laughs> I, I've got three daughters. If we yeah. could go back to arranged marriage, arranged marriage yeah. <laughs> I would do it. You know, Now that I'm in this position, when yeah. I was their age, heck no. 
but now that I'm in this stage, yeah, I'd love to go back to that, but yeah. I, I don't think we're going back anytime right. soon. Right, but I was going to say that because it's so new, I think the church, with all new things that come into culture, we're like, we don't know how to make, you know, how to navigate right. this, so we come up with things like courting and what you're bringing up. Yeah. But, yeah, we don't have to put the pressure of when you get asked out on a date, like, I have to know that this person's going to be my husband or I have to know that this person's going to be my wife or I have to know that we're going to get engaged at the end no of this way. date. You know, yeah. like you're allowed to go on two, three, four dates. I think by then you should have a pretty good idea if you can continue in dating this person and being right. in a relationship with them. But um, take the pressure off of, you know, the first date and just get to know somebody. Yeah, yeah. big time. Man, what a start to this two-part series in dating. This is just part one. So if you want some more uh, responses to some more questions about dating, then tune in next week for a brand new episode, part two of a dating series. And uh, man, church, we hope that you're blessed in your relationships this week, that you go out with God's power and strength and grace to pursue God with the people around you. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.